Now it is time for Inspirational Women and my guest, Shamin Ajan, a licensed clinical social worker in private practice working with singles and couples on relationship challenges. Her work has been so popular that she's authored a special book that is a great reference, even a great tool, if you will, to assist any of us in our relationships, much in terms of romantic relationships, but we'll learn it really affects us in all our relationships. So let's meet Shamin Ajan and learn more about her new book, Seeking Soulmate, Ditch the Dating Game and Find Real Connection. Shamin Ajan, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us today. Okay, thank you so much for having me. I am so looking forward to our time together, and I know, I really expect our listeners are going to feel the same way, because our conversation this morning around your book, Seeking Soulmate, Ditching the Dating Game and Find Real Connection, is, I'm sure, going to resonate with most people, if not all, because it's something that's so core to us. And maybe we feel we're past the dating game, but there's, I I feel still something to be definitely learned and found in, uh, in our, from our conversation, I think, and from the book Seeking Soulmate. Would you agree that that would be the case? I would agree. And I do think, you know, it's written from the perspective of dating, meaning single people looking for uh, connection and a relationship. But there's so much in the book that's relatable for people who are already in a relationship and, and ones who have been in relationships for years and years and years and finding ways to reconnect with their, their partner, with their mate. And that has to be a very exciting thing if we think that things are a little stale or something isn't quite clicking right. Here's a way to really light that spark, reignite the spark. That's right. right. You know, it's so common to to grow a little bit distant from your partner. And so it's really important to, when you recognize that's happening, try to troubleshoot it as soon as possible. And if it's been a while, then figure out a way to, to like you said, reignite that, that passion, you know, figure out what it was that connected you guys in the beginning and, and find ways to, to bring that back. So that establishes that this is for anyone and everyone. And when I think of perhaps the, a, a younger generation and dating, that has to, I feel these days, be really quite a challenging situation, Re- probably a lot because of social media and how to connect with people. Is that what you're finding in your work, Shamin? You know, I'm finding that that's true across the board, really. But yes, I think the younger generation, I just, I, I thank the stars that I did not go through my uh, teenage years in my 20s when social media was going on because, oh my goodness, I can't imagine having everything kind of posted and available for people to see um, and forever. It's there forever. So yeah, I think it's, you know, different way of connecting, Uh in this day and age, and it, it creates a little bit of distance. It creates a little bit more of an awkward experience uh, for people when they get to be face-to-face. So I do think that that exists with the younger generation, but I do find that it's you know, a similar kind of struggle that the older generations are experiencing as well because online dating is real. Online dating is... Um, a viable option and a, and, and a, and a real option um, for being able to find somebody. But, you know, people 
struggle with how to do that and, and how to really find somebody um, with all these different apps and with all these different um, personalities. And, and people get an opportunity to kind of craft the way that you uh, you see them, and it's not necessarily all real and true. And so I think people struggle with that as well. So it's good to establish some of these key things right at the outset here. And I think tying into all of that is something that's been quite a popular, I think popular, uh, TV series, The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. What oh, yeah. do <laughs> What do you feel <laughs> about that whole scene? Well, so I don't think that it is real, a real kind of situation um, for us to be comparing ourselves to. Like, we're not going to be most likely in a mansion with 30 competitors or um, 30 suitors trying to find love. But I do think that it's so popular because within this unrealistic situation, there's real things happening. There's real um, connections that are happening between the women or the men. There's real connections happening between um, the person, the bachelor or the bachelorette and these people that they're dating. And we can relate to those um, awkward moments. We can relate to that feeling of rejection or longing. We can uh, relate to that feeling of being insecure or wondering if you're, um, you know, doing enough or if somebody else is doing more. Um, all of that is very relatable and it kind of speaks to the voyeur in all of us. So I, you know, I, I do think that you have to put it in context. It's not, you know, a real kind of situation, but within those shows, there's real stuff happening and that's what we're connecting to. And though I've certainly heard people occasionally say, when they met someone, they knew that was the one. Uh -huh. I am going to marry that person. But part of this, I think, that we have to take into account as we watch these kinds of shows is finding that really long-lasting love is not something that can be really funneled into a couple of, of months of a uh, series of things going on, dates. That's right. And I think, you know, that those are great stories when you hear someone has met somebody and instantly knows that they're the one that's wonderful. But I don't think that is the average experience. And I think when you do hear that, you take that in, it colors your perception of how you think love should go, how you think love should develop. And so if you're dating and you don't have that initial spark or that initial feeling, it makes you think that, okay, well, I need to throw this person away and start fresh. But that's not always the case. Sometimes it's a slow burning love. Sometimes there's a connection there in uh, another way. Maybe you guys connect in, you like to do the same things or you have similar interests or you guys you know, have similar pasts or similar ambitions. And that is something that can uh, develop and create a stronger connection over time. Um, but if you're always looking for that spark, um, you're, you're missing out on opportunities to really have that slow burning love that lasts and lasts and lasts. And, and that, I think, is something that we want to definitely keep in mind because, well, with your experience, because you do so much work in psychotherapy and working uh, through relationship issues with so many people and being in New York, I, I think that you have a really good spectrum of clientele that that really has led to be able to have your blog and, and now the new book, Seeking Soulmate, Right. Yeah, uh, New York City is the best lab ever. It gives you 
um, every kind of person that you could imagine walking through your office. And yeah, it's, you know, it's been great working um, in this environment. And it's, I think it's a unique environment also in that I think psychotherapy in general is starting to be more embraced and uh, more destigmatized. But in New York City, um, it's been uh, a pretty commonplace. Um, you know, people go to see their shrinks all the time. And so that makes it um, even more of a exciting environment to do psychotherapy in. And so my thought had been, so with so many people to draw from and, and seeing this spectrum, that people perhaps think, oh, it needs to be just exciting and sparkling all the time. But in your experience, do those that are really so intense and hot at the beginning have that longevity to them in general? Yeah, so I think there's a difference between love and lust. And oftentimes that spark, that sexual chemistry is really all about lust. And it's not about, um, you know, uh, love and getting to know each other and having that be based on something um, deeper and uh, and stronger and more long lasting. So I think it's pretty common for people to have that perception of what a relationship should be, should start off like, yeah, it should be a spark, but oftentimes that spark dies, that spark burns out. And then you're, what are you left with if you haven't built a strong foundation based on other things? So that brings us, I think, to really the core of seeking soulmate about uh, ourselves, the individual, who we are to bring to a relationship that uh, we make good choices, not that we won't have some little stumbles or maybe big stumbles along the way, but to know how to navigate that so we bring our best self to a relationship. And I kind of see this as radiating out so that we attract something more compatible towards ourselves, that soulmate. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. The book is about, you know, how to find that that strong, long-lasting connection, but that starts from within. It starts with you, and so it's really about understanding what you're bringing to the table, what your expectations are, maybe what um, is coloring the way that you're seeing dating, or what it is that you are um, maybe struggling with, and figuring out a way to identify those things, be aware of those things, and then challenge them a little bit, change them a little bit, find a way to um, make those changes so that you can be your best self and be genuine and authentic and open in these experiences, these really awkward experiences that are awkward for the person who's sitting um, across from you as well. Um, And then being able to then use those skills to tune in to what's happening in the moment, paying attention to whether or not, you know, you're talking so much because you're nervous instead of listening or instead of showing interest in the person or whether or not you um, have identified something that's similar to an ex uh, relationship that you've had and you're feeling apprehensive about this person that has nothing to do actually with the person, but to do with your past experiences. And that is so key that I think it really needs to be underscored or in bold letters is to that 
piece is the mindfulness, is really having that deeper understanding of self because we could easily walk away from what could be such a, a great relationship because of that lack of understanding of self. That's so true. I see it happen all the time. I have people come into my office after, you know, dates that they say went terribly. And all I hear from them is, you know, I, 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 and me, me, me. And they never got a chance to actually meet the person who was across from them. It was really about this inner experience that they were having and never really made that connection. And they quite possibly missed out on the love of their life or, you know, one of the possible loves of their life because they did not have that awareness going into it. And that is where this really key term mindfulness is so beneficial to us. And again, it starts with the self, doesn't it, Shaman? Yeah, it definitely starts with the self. It starts with having an understanding of you, having an understanding of what your thoughts are, what your feelings are, what your motivations are, and having that awareness then gives you an opportunity to respond to the situation instead of being reactive to the situation, instead of being on autopilot. When you're on autopilot, when you don't have that awareness, you're giving up your power. You're giving up your opportunities to make positive choices for yourself. And in listening to this, I would think, you know, we're hearing, oh, maybe this is where I did something like that. But perhaps that isn't even the the level of awareness. And isn't this where uh, doing work with a professional, with a, a psychotherapist, and if not being able to do that, certainly reading the book will help us to become more aware? Definitely. I think, you know, I'm a big advocate of therapy. I think everybody should be in therapy. Therapy is for everybody, not just for people who are struggling with, you know, formal diagnoses. I think, you know, if you're just having life struggles, when we all have life struggles, it's great to have somebody impartial and supportive sitting across from you who can help you work through those things and reflect back some of the things that are being, that they're observing and help you to be able to recognize those things within yourself. Um, but not everybody has access to therapy or um, it, maybe some people don't feel comfortable with that. But a book written by a psychotherapist like my book, Seeking Soulmate, um, really kind of takes you through the steps um, that you might go through in therapy. And if you apply the tools and the practices with, that are in the book, then you can really make some important self-discoveries that help you to be able to have that more genuine connection and be more present when you're dating. And the one might find that in reading the book and having a prior uh, resistance to the thought of going into therapy, the book might be then that entree to seeing, oh, I could really benefit from this and it will help me in, well, actually it won't be one area because if we start out with this dating and relationship aspect, it can't help but affect all areas of our life. So that's so true. I I wrote the book because I um, uh, in a way that I wanted it to be palatable. I wanted it to be a friendly and um, and useful, and I wanted it for for anybody to be able to pick it up and be able to apply 
the skills to dating, but these skills are transferable. They're not just applicable to dating. They're also applicable to, you know, any kinds of relationships. They're applicable to any kinds of life struggles. It really is about finding a new way for you to be aware of how you're interacting with your environment, whatever that environment may be, and then making better choices in that moment. And so all relationships, and if, you know, no doubt we're involved in, our, in an employment situation, it applies mm-hmm. there as well. And we might find that we have amazing results by applying the same kinds of, of processes. Yeah, exactly. I think um, it, it's, you know, dating, of course, is much different than uh, finding a job, but there are lots of uh, similarities um, there. And yeah, I think, you know, if you are able to be prepared, if you're able to be aware of maybe some of what the stressors are and and what your, your concerns are, worries are going into a job interview, um, then you have an opportunity to be able to uh, uh, to manage those thoughts instead of going into the job interview, having the thoughts and then letting it affect your ability to be able to present yourself in the way that you want to be presented to, uh, to show this person who might be hiring you that you're the person for the job. And then, it, of course, it continues on from there. You're hired for the job. You're in that workspace. There are other personalities. Being able to navigate all that because we have a greater sense of self-awareness. That's right. Mm-hmm, exactly. And not just in the workplace, right? This applies to, you know, in relationships with your family members, in your relationships with your friends. Um, it gets you from doing something I think that we all do, um, which is being on autopilot. I know, don't know how many times I have woken up and I have a 14-month-old son and I've got a 10-year-old daughter and I've got a husband and I've got to get to work and I've got to get them all ready. And then I take the subway and I get to my office and I turn the key and I have no memory of how I've got there. My head was in my smartphone or my mind was focused on all the things that I needed to do um, throughout the day. And I might have missed out on seeing a friend on the street or I might have missed out on uh, that $20 bill that fell out of my pocket or a number of other things that might have happened just because I wasn't present, because I wasn't aware. And so taking the time to um, be more aware of what's happening in the present moment gives you more opportunities to be able to interact with your environment in a more effective way. Oh, so absolutely great. So we're talking about this wonderful new book, Seeking Soulmate, Ditch the Dating Game and Find Real Connection. So yes, we have talked about this work relationship and family and friendships right now. So we're going to steer it back again, uh, Shamin, to the dating situation, um, just because, again, that's the core here. And to help all of us who are in that kind, at any degree of that situation, to find it to be a, a more, what, uh, fulfilling, much more rewarding, and, uh, and how to actually do that. And in Seeking Soulmate, you do actually have uh, great experiences that you share with us, uh, I think, by sharing uh, stories that are not actual people, but kind of taking the scenario and giving us ideas that we might find relatable. 
That's right. So I did try my best to um, create characters based on real um, experiences that I've seen come into my office, but kind of make them an amalgamation. So it's not one particular person that I'm really kind of calling out in my book. But I have been inspired over the years by so many of my cases. And I really feel like this book is a little bit of a love letter to them um, because they are uh, my inspiration. And I have taken these real um, situations that have come into my office and I present them to you in a way that I think is relatable. Hopefully, um, you can see a little bit of yourself in each one of these situations and it helps you to identify maybe how you might um, struggle in some of these similar ways. And then to see the pathway toward the that light, toward the door that's going to bring th- that uh, more joy and and uh, contentment in our life. That's right. And so I think that's, you know, one of the things also that I really like to highlight in the book is we're often looking for things to be pleasant or unpleasant, good or bad. There's always this kind of dichotomous way of thinking about things, but really where we're most content is in a neutral space. So really finding um, ways for you to um, have more of those neutral moments, more of those moments where you're okay, where you're, where you're, you know, not great and you're not bad, but you're good. And so the thing is, there's no magic pill. There's no magic door we're going to walk through that's going to give us that. It really is a process, a conscious process, though, and working on ourselves, isn't it? That's right. So it's about doing it intentionally, Ah. right? It's about taking the time and practicing these skills so that when you need them, you're able to call upon them. You know, it's great to read a book and say, oh, this really is uh, uh, resonating with me. But if you're not practicing the skills, if you're not using them, it's also true with therapy. It's great to go to therapy and have someone to talk to and to open up to. But if you're not using those skills that you're, you're, you're learning about in therapy, then your progress is going to be slow to none. You really have to intentionally practice, and you really need to intentionally on purpose pay attention to what's happening in the here and now. And that is something that doesn't just naturally happen in our lives. We need to bring that awareness to ourselves. And I feel that in going through therapy, that's such a direct key way to make that happen for ourselves. And and we can structure it to whatever is... um, is really needed in our particular situation time-wise for how much therapy we are actually involved in. Would you say that's true, Shimin? Yeah, I I would agree with that 100%. Um, I do think that, you know, some people, if they're really motivated, can do some of these things on their own, and they don't necessarily have to be in therapy to make changes. But I think therapy is always a great option. It's always a helpful way for you to make adjustments in your life so that you can have a little bit of a better experience or a lot of a better experience um, in your day-to-day. And I think what comes to mind is that in having therapy sessions, we do have a more neutral person listening and giving us or questioning to get us to a particular place, but it's all about finding our own self 
through the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the person you want them to be um, impartial, definitely. You want them to be neutral, but you want for them to have a positive regard also. And you want to have a good therapeutic alliance. Um, and if you've got those things, then you are in a position to have somebody who's really on your side and who's on, on your team who can help reflect back some of these things maybe that you're not seeing, who can be honest with you in a way that's, uh, that's caring um, but direct and can help you to be able to address maybe the things that you've been a little bit resistant to. And so it's about being open to change, being open to input. And of course, because we want to, for the most part, we're, we're as human beings made for relationships, right? These connections, at least the majority of us are. And we don't want to be wasting a lot of time in bad situations. There's no time to waste, right? You're right. People are human beings. They want to be loved um, and, and, and they want to love others. That's how we're wired. And so, you know, it really is innate to us to have these connections. And you said something that, you know, just resonated with me. You know, we don't have a lot of time to waste, but a lot of us are wasting a lot of time in the same kind of relationship over and over and over again and not really understanding that we're a part of that equation, that we are um, continuing to to be attracted to a similar type of person. And we're not doing it on purpose. It's not like we're going out and choosing bad relationships on purpose, but because we're unaware of maybe what feels normal to us, maybe, you know, what um, what is driving us unconsciously, we are putting ourselves in these bad situations over and over again, and it's wreaking havoc on our self-esteem. It's wreaking havoc on our self-worth, and it's taking time away from good relationships that we could be having. And that isn't that so key about the self-esteem piece. We keep beating it up if we put ourselves repeatedly into those negative kinds of relationships. And we think that, oh, we must be this horrible person, but that's not the case. There is this real solution that can make life so much more fulfilling and rewarding for us. And when the right person does come along, because we've been in these bad relationships over and over and over again, we don't feel worthy of this person. We don't feel like they're a good match for us because we're not good enough for them. And, you know, that's the farthest thing from the truth, but we've got all of this evidence in these past relationships that are telling us that this is what we deserve, that this is, you know, the, the only kind of relationship that you're going to have and that this great person who's sitting in front of you deserves better than you. Not true. Exactly. So look at this wonderful world and all the opportunity and options that are there. We can, by healing ourselves and being more mindful, we can open ourselves to to having that wonderful relationship that uh, why shouldn't each of us have it? I mean, what a much greater world we would have if that were the case. 
That's right. We all deserve it. We all deserve to love and to be loved, and we all deserve to be in happy and healthy relationships. And if we take a little time to invest in ourselves, and that's what I think therapy really is, it's an investment. Um, you know, producing a book like this is an investment. It's an investment in you. And if we take a little time to invest in ourselves, then we make it more possible to be able to have that. Oh, Shamin, I just really love and appreciate all these really key things that you are sharing with us this morning. It's feeling like such a gift, and it's a gift that we can give to ourselves, that last word that that really st- stood out, the investment. We're worth it. You know, we talk about We're a lot, it. right? Yes. And so the first investment is to look at in helping ourselves Find a copy of Seeking Soulmate. We can get it at any of our favorite book sources. Correct, Shamin? That's right. It's available online. It's available in the stores, most of your large chain stores. And it's available in some of your smaller stores. And if they don't have it there, you can ask them to order it, and it'll be there in two or three days. That's what's so great about that internet. And the other Uh thing regarding internet, too, you have a website, which I think is another valuable resource for us. Could you tell us what it is? Yes, sure. So it's my name. If you search Samin Adrian, you'll find it automatically. There's not more than one of us out there. Um, So I'm available at www.shaminajan.com. I'm also available across social media. I'm on Instagram a lot and Twitter and Facebook. And I really would love to connect with you guys. So please feel free to reach out. Feel free to follow me. And let's have some real conversations about love. Yes, that is such a wonderful offering, a great gift. And just this time with you this morning, Shamin, has also been that gift. Thank you so greatly for who you are and what you do and taking time with us. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I really, really enjoyed talking to you. And with that, we're at the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Shamin Ajan and Sunday Morning Magazine with Dr. Melba Patillo-Beals. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I'll get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 1069 webpage. Click on the On Air tab, then Sunday mornings, and look for the show and guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of committing to being aware of our connection to each other, to the community, to all people. Have a week of the same and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9, the station to pick you up and make you feel good. Good morning.